You know, the same way we ragged on Florida State fans yesterday, maybe it's time for the Hurricanes to get a little bit Miami. What happened to you this past week? I thought North Carolina might have had a scare, but it really wasn't when it was all said and done. Hated for Tyler Van Dyke, the ACC Player of the Week. Oh, nearly 500, maybe even over 500 yards of offense, and you still couldn't get the W? I don't know. Chris Paul may not be that guy. Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by J.J. Jackson of Locked on Blue Devils. Each and every week, we come to you live, giving you that good, bad, and ugly from the coastal side of things. Tuesday's show is no different this go-around. We're talking about all things good, bad, and ugly with our various teams. And more importantly than that, we got to have some very honest conversations with some of our programs here, which is a lot going on. J.J., how are you feeling? Candace, I'm doing very well. Thanks again for the invite here on Locked on ACC. Uh, football season keeps moving along. So many of these teams find themselves with six games completed on their schedule, which means we're halfway there. The halfway point of the season is here, so we've got a lot to break down today. Yeah, it's going by fast. We already have ACC tip-off going on with you know women's basketball, men's basketball happening this week. So we'll have some of that conversation towards the end of the week, just wrapping up how some of these coaches are feeling. But today, fully focused on football and the good, bad, and ugly there. So we can start with the good. We had a coastal, you know, a couple coastal rivals face off with each other. But overall, I think for me, the good is seeing some of the teams that we talked about this season who had potential to be great doing their thing. Pitt bouncing back with a good win after that, you know, head scratcher against Georgia Tech, now beating Virginia Tech 45 to 29 on the day in week six. Pitt is still like, I want to believe in you guys, but I'm still leery, but it's be- it's a better step forward in my opinion. What were your thoughts around this matchup or just any good that you saw out of this weekend? Yeah, well, if you're talking about Pitt, I think we have to talk about Israel Banakanda uh, with the performance he had, Candace. Are you kidding me? 320 <laughs> yards rushing and six rushing touchdowns. He broke Tony Dorsett's school record. Tony Dorsett won a Heisman Trophy Award for the Pitt Panthers, and doing that in a conference game when your team needs a win. We've talked a lot about the play of Keaton Slovis at quarterback, and guess what? You don't have to talk about the quarterback as much if all you're doing is handing the football off effectively, which is what, in fact, Pitt was able to do. So that is good of the week for me. I've got to give that guy some love because what an amazing performance he was able to put together. Absolutely. And it really just speaks to the fact that sometimes your running back ends up being your guy. You talk about Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers. You talk about, you know, Kenneth Walker, the third last season for Michigan State. Just having to have be having to be the number one guy when you, they feed you, they know you're in trouble. Sean Tucker here for Syracuse, kind of the same way. Garrett Sherry, you never know how it's going to go. So it's nice to see him and kind of get that love and really take that team to the next level. And he's going to have to keep doing that because keeping Slovis doesn't necessarily give me hope that he's going to just figure out how to just throw darts and all the things. So I definitely agree with you there. And just overall, I'm still feeling like 
North Carolina and Duke have a nice little run here, but Pitt's still in the conversation when it comes to being the top of the Coastal. Is there anyone that's given you strong indications or pushed towards the lead of being that top dog? Yeah, great question. Uh, and here we are six weeks in. Those are the questions that have to be answered that you start to, to have to figure out. And we want to p- spend so much time talking about Pitt from a season ago being able to get the job done in this division, and it was due in large part to the play of their quarterback and Kenny Pickett. I, I think it's fair to put Pitt in a driver's seat position uh, with the wins that they're starting to put together because it wasn't just Kenny Pickett who won last year. Yes, he's no longer there on this team, but this team does have championship swagger. They know what it takes to be able to make those big-time plays for their team, for the conference, to go and win championships. And so with wins like they had on Saturday against Virginia Tech, with rushing performances that they had from Abanacanda, breaking a Tony Dorsett record of all records, I like what I see out of them. I think they could get the job done if they continue playing this way. You know, for me, it's really North Carolina and not to be a homer, even though I got told on Twitter today that I am all about Duke and I cannot switch back to teams. <laughs> I have to have to give my loyalty to Duke football. That, that really was a tweet today, JJ. I don't know if you know this or not. I didn't see that. that. Wow. This yeah. guy literally told me that I'm going to read it for you because it's very important to me. And let's see, he says, at Justin Craig, what is his name? Justin Craig 175. Shout out, okay. Don't all of a sudden return to being a Tar Heel fan after the Saturday, Candace Cooper. Wow. You, you ditch UNC for Duke, and he spelled the D-O-O-K. Just, uh, okay, all right. Stick with them after they lose by 21 to UNC a week after losing to Georgia Tech. So <laughs> I was like, you know, this is funny for many reasons. Like, I can't. Yeah. I went, I went there, first black girl to swim there, all the, all the things, right? Whole Tar Heel trailblazer. But nope. My one little positive from Mike Elko has turned me into a dookie, and yeah. I'm just all I'm all in on that shade of blue. I mean, I so, good lord. My question is, what happens if Duke were to win on Saturday? I would be excited, you because know? I get my one step closer to my hundred fifty dollars from Kitten. That's it, right? Right, <laughs> and that's what matters at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm that's saying I'm saying more so from the perspective of this Twitter user out there. Like, what would know. happen if it, you know? Because he's saying. North Carolina is going to win by three scores. And I don't know if he knows that Duke actually is a decent team this season. I don't know if he's paying right. close attention. You know, right. We can talk about the bad given that they lost to Georgia Tech, but I don't know if he's paying close attention to how much improved this Duke team is. And it's not going Most to be people have it. <laughs> Hello. It's not <laughs> going to be a 50 pointer where, you know, uh, Javante Williams and Michael Carter are going to come out of the woodworks and just run all over that defense. Like it's a very different team. And yeah. I think it's going to be one of the great, the better performances we see from any of the coastal teams this season. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a big game uh, played in Durham. It's always a fun matchup when those two teams go head to head from a conference perspective, Candace, uh, I mentioned being halfway through the season. That also means that teams have to start going on their bye weeks and I just went ahead and looked at the schedule a little bit early. Only four ACC games this week. A lot of teams not in action. So you don't have much choice of games to watch there in the conference. So there I think it would be wise to pull up that North Carolina and Duke game, and I think people could be entertained. At 8 p.m., you guys, make sure you tune in so you guys can see what I've been saying, and it all becomes <laughs> true. You know, all, all the things, right? Yes. From, a, from cringing at the pump to getting an iPod – Eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, but that's why we have Upside, this incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out with every purchase. I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. 
Use promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in, quote unquote, at the business as pay as usual with a credit or debit card and you will get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty rewards programs, you can earn three times more with cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app using promo code LOCK to get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Rocking and rolling with JJ Jackson of Locked On. I was going to say Boston College, but that's not the correct one. It's it's the Blue Devils. It's and coming I, up tomorrow, right? AJ's coming on up Wednesday. tomorrow. Yeah. That's coming up tomorrow. <laughs> You're trying to get, get ahead of yourself. Getting a little excited about weekly reads and rankings here. Talking about good, bad, and ugly for Tuesday and the Coastal teams. The good being, of course, the Benaconda's great performance. The bad being Duke losing to Georgia Tech. And I'm sitting here saying, all right, the Kansas one was a fluke. The Georgia Tech one was a you guys are better than this, and now you got to get that little punch in the mouth of you're not quite that team where you can get away with slow starts and think you can come back, which they did come back but didn't get the W. Yeah, no, I think you summed it up perfectly. Honestly, you got to realize that you can't get away with that uh, week in, week out, particularly in conference play. I think we're still seeing Georgia Tech play inspired with their interim head coach uh, there yeah. and, and to win in overtime the way in which Georgia Tech did was commendable. I want to also give Duke credit for putting together a drive at the end of the game when they needed to. First off, for Samir Hagens having a punt return touchdown to make it a one-possession game for the defense to go out and get yet another stop for Duke to go score in the final 10 seconds of the game to force overtime. Hindsight is 20-20, Candice, right? And so I'm looking at this Duke lost the football game. Now that I know the outcome of that, I'm questioning – whether or not I wanted to see Mike Elko put it all on the table and go for two there after the mm-hmm. touchdown with uh, eight seconds left or whatever it was that would yeah. have won Duke the game 21-20. I think ultimately he did make the right decision. Uh, some tough holding calls at the end, and Charlie Ham missed a 50-plus yard field goal. So a uh, tough loss for Duke, and now they've got an even tougher challenge with North Carolina coming in. But uh, the fortunate thing about football is that you get to flush this past week away, and it's going to be 0-0 on the scoreboard when you start with North Carolina. I'm good at this coach speak thing. Uh, <laughs> and, and then you're going to be ready to go. A thousand percent. You know, at the end of the day, when you talk about two-point conversion, I mean, we're looking at uh, the – I was watching the Raiders and Chiefs game, and I'm just saying, I know analytics are a thing. I know you guys all want to go for two all the time, but sometimes you just got to get the points. And it doesn't necessarily apply to this scenario, but if you go for two, you're a genius, and you make it, you're a genius. If you don't go for two or you try to go for two and you miss it, then you should have probably just gone for the one point. So, of course, being on the couch, I have all the thoughts and the theories and make can make the decisions right here. But it's different when you're out there on the field. I think Duke will be fine. I think they still have six games ahead of them that they can absolutely get to six wins on the season. So I'm not too – Nervous. Now, as a homer, of course, I would want Carolina to win, and they are leading the division right now. But for the sake of my pockets, I'm going to have to just, like, squeeze a little Duke. If a Duke upset happened, I wouldn't be upset. I can can say that with full confidence without wanting them to actually win the game. Yeah. No, that's fair to say. And you've been talking about it. You've been hyping them up all season long. They're on their way to bowl eligibility, which is great for the program, great for Duke. And, um, look, Riley Leonard had had one of his first tough outings. For Duke mm-hmm. this past weekend. Uh, we mentioned the week before against Virginia. I was like, look, if he throws for less than 150, I don't see how Duke wins the football game. 
Well, he didn't need to throw the football because they were running it so well against Virginia. He threw for less than 150 and less than 50% passing percentage against Georgia Tech. They weren't able to establish the run that well, and it hurt him. He also had an interception mixed in there as well. So if Duke wants to win on Saturday, Riley Leonard has to have a good game. Has to. Duke does not win this game any other way. He's got to put up a good performance through the air, utilize his weapons, and Jalen Calhoun, Eli Eli Panko, and Jordan Moore, uh, that's going to be the recipe for success. But, boy, North Carolina is starting to play some good football. That Drake May player is a a player. Drake May can play, and we've been talking about it all season long. So I'm excited for that matchup. Yeah. I think it's very crazy the fact that we're talking about Riley Leonard and Drake May as a court, a nice quarterback matchup. That's not what I had on my list of like, ooh, quarterback battles. Like, yeah, I didn't think we'd get here. 100%. I think Drake May is certainly the glue for the team. And it's nice to see North Carolina finally being that complete team and figuring out their defense, which, speaking of which, you know, we talk about Georgia Tech not necessarily having a bad because they were able to pull it off, but how bad is it that Jeff Collins seems to really have been the reason? that this team was not successful. I think, I don't know if Key has the glue or whatever it is, but we're so used to, you know, interim coaches kind of getting in there and not really figuring things out. Well, like for you, how inspiring has it been for Georgia Tech to kind of turn this thing around? Really fun. I mean, it, I mean, look, at the end of the day, Jeff Collins lost his job, but the season goes on, right? And, and yeah. the football season, it's not like, okay, we fired our football coach here at Georgia Tech, and now we're going to forfeit the rest of the year and we're not going to play these football games, right? Those players are on scholarship. They're getting to live out their dreams of being Division I football players in the ACC. They want to go out there and perform. They want to go out there and try and win football games, whether it's for the interim head coach or just for themselves. And to watch them put up the performances that they've had the past two weeks is inspiring. I'm really happy to see that for them. And let's see if they can keep making a run of it and get to bowl eligibility. That'd be cool to see. 100%. That's why the Coastal is certainly crazy. Another bad that I did want to mention, Virginia losing 34-17 to to Louisville. It just feels like, I mean, I borderline would put them in ugly, but I have someone else for that. But to not be able to win an ACC game yet when they have Brennan Armstrong at the helm, it's just very confusing to me. Like, I, the fact that Riley Leonard is having a better season than Brennan Armstrong, you, you could have never, never put that on your bingo card and won. Nobody could have. Yeah, you, nobody saw this coming. Um, <laughs> He was the most productive passer that we saw in the conference a season ago, and you couldn't really tell that by the outcomes and the results that we've seen from Virginia so far this season. they got to find a way uh, to get that offense going again because it's not like he's having this. It'd be one thing if the defense was an issue for Virginia, Candace, and yeah. if they their offense was able to go out there week in and week out and put up 30-plus points on the scoreboard. They're not even doing that, you know, and so right. – you got to find a way to get those points, and then the defense comes with it too uh, to yeah. put Virginia in a winning position. But, yeah, I did not think we'd be here talking about this kind of an offense from the Virginia. A thousand percent. And the fact that just the defense in, for Virginia is holding, the, holding off opponents for so long, they get tired, and then you start to see sort of that, you know, talent fatigue or not having the horses in the stable necessarily matriculate. It's playing, being able to play for a full fort four quarters, but that offense just puts them in such bad positions time in and time again. I just, I hate it for him, but you know, we're talking about first year head coaches. It's definitely, we're seeing the full spectrum here in the ACC with Elko having a great run and then Elliot struggling a little bit. We're getting, we're getting a nice, nice little mix. I would say when it's all said and done. All right, guys, our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the locked on 
college network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play for Locked On ACC in the week six. And throughout the history of the alma mater, we just talk about the good things that have happened. This week's thrilling moment from Locked On ACC, I definitely would say, would be Tyler Van Dyke's, you know, amazing performance, as well as maybe Azura Anthanaconda's moment with you know, getting Tony Dorsett's record. Of course, with ACC, we have we can spread the love around. Two guys that were just absolute ballers throughout the weekend. And, you know, of course, it's always helpful when you have good teammates around you. I'm so excited to be able to just have these thrilling moments because they go way beyond traditional spots. And organically, they talk about how Nissan is truly just giving us a thrilling moment here. And it's all thanks to our friends at Nissan. JJ Jackson here, locked on Blue Devils podcast. Got it right this time because we are rocking and rolling into the ugly parts of week six. As we prepare for week seven, Miami has got to make a change. I don't know what it's going to be, but as much as Oregon fans are all in Alex Dono's mentions about how Mario Cristobal is not the guy, I'm starting to feel like maybe they were right a little bit. I was excited about this coaching staff. Now I'm not feeling it as much as I was. Yeah, all of a sudden, three straight losses in a row for this Miami team, uh, starting with that defeat to Texas A&M, a game played in College Station. Then they lost to Middle Tennessee State, and now this past week, that loss to North Carolina. Back to that Miami game, or excuse me, the Texas A&M game, I really liked what I saw out of the defense for Mm -hmm. the Hurricanes. It was just the offense that wasn't able to get the job done. And then, I mean, it's just inexcusable to lose a home game to Middle Tennessee State. I hate that we have to be so quick to these judgment calls on coaches. I mean, just five games into an era and that sort of thing, but you got to be able to knock out recruiting. And I'm sure Mario Cristobal is going to be able uh, to handle those things as a head football coach and the results that can come with it. I had high aspirations for what they could accomplish this year. They could get back right this week taking on uh, my or excuse me Virginia Tech on the road and then it's a Duke team uh, that's been up and down the past few weeks so maybe there's a silver lining there for Miami for what's to come but uh, yeah not a good stretch here and I hate it for Virginia Tech the fact that that game is like a confidence boost for people like okay let's get it get things right <laughs> next let's get not, let's never where you want to be Never where you want to be. That was Georgia Tech at one point in the season that used to be Duke way back when, but it's just like you never want to be the team that everyone's hoping for an easy win and get things back on track. So it's a lot to be seen. Virginia Tech also looking for another win and trying to regroup. And Lane Stadium is Lane Stadium, but it's certainly not the same, you know, players on the field as it once was. But maybe for both sides of it, they're both going to struggle and fight for a win. Clearly, Grant Wells versus Tyler Van Dykes is not the same, but I still think you got to figure out how to win. And both teams are desperate for that. When it's all said and done, though, I'm excited again about what is to come for, you know, Week seven, there's not a lot of football games here for the ACC, but there are still great matchups. We have two coastal teams, Miami and Virginia Tech, as you mentioned, North Carolina and Duke facing off. And to end our day, and I think overall, it's going to be interesting when you look at the standings, how North Carolina can try and finish this off. Are they going to trick it off? I just, I don't want to get excited yet, JJ. I mean, Drake May is good. But can we get excited and really think that they can pull this off when it's all said and done? Yeah, I mean, one week at a time. You know, you can't look too far ahead because right after Duke, you've got that home game against Pitt that's going to be a massive uh, contest there in the Coastal Division. Uh, And then still to come, of course, uh, I know it's not the same division, but conference losses count no matter what. You've still got the NC State game coming up at the end of the year, Wake Forest as well. 
tough one still ahead for North Carolina to have a good conference record when we get to the end of the season. And Wake Forest has that revenge in them about how they tricked off last year when they want to beat North Carolina, all the things. You got Pitt, a team who Carolina should have beat last season and weren't able to do it in that lovely rainstorm torrential <laughs> downpour that was, right? There's some really good things ahead. And NC State would not love nothing more than to ruin North Carolina's chances of being in the ACC championship because there's a lot going on there. On that Atlantic side, it's like you have four ranked teams who are desperate to try and get that Atlantic division spot and coastal. I just hope ultimately that the ACC championship is good, but you know, that remains to be seen. It's always a pleasure to have you, JJ. It's always fun to get to talk a little football, but we do, as we mentioned, ACC tip off is around the corner. And of course, having the Duke guy here is going to be very important for us as Shire starts his new season. What can folks listen to and expect on the show there, Locked on Blue Devils? Plenty of basketball coverage tomorrow. It gets started. ACC tip off for Duke men's basketball and uh, really excited for what the upcoming year can be uh, for the Stukeman's basketball squad. Talking about it all, Locked On Blue Devils, available wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. So a lot of great stuff coming your way, and uh, I enjoy each and every week being able to hop on Locked On ACC with you, Candace. No doubt about it, guys. Come back tomorrow. Weekly Reads and Rankings with A.J. Black of Locked On Boston College. We talk about your favorite comments there on YouTube or in the Twitter world, maybe. And then we also rank your team's top five, bottom five. And, of course, A.J. never keeps it the same. And he always has some crazy one that comes out of the sky. So we love to talk about it there. And make sure you guys check it out wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as all the shows here on the Locked On Podcast Network. For Candace Cooper and J.J. Jackson, until next time.